Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Well, the time is upon us. The return of our minor league correspondent, Alex Benalis. Uh Basically, we embedded a player in the minor leagues to tell us what's what. Um, when it comes to being a professional baseball player. And here he has he has reappeared now that the season is over. Alex, how are you? You look good. You look like you're spry. You're ready to storm into 2023. How you doing? I'm doing good. Glad to be back. Uh, <laughs> you know, share, share some stories over the second half of the season and, and uh, you know, kind of redeem myself with what, what Nico has been saying. But, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll go from there. All right, all right, here we go. So um, the meat and potatoes, I want to – you basically broke the story in Boston about the pitch clock. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Like, people had no idea about that until you appeared on our podcast, and now it's going to be a major league rule. So we're going to take a deep dive into the rules and stuff because you are the expert. Now everyone believes it, everyone knows it, um, so you have to continue that narrative. But before we do that, the the most recent podcast we did, which was basically me going down the Fenway field and sticking a mic in the face of your spring training roommate, uh, Nico Cavadas. Right. And so there are some things that we have to hash through here, Alex. So uh, so you are two and one in the Bradford Show Fantasy Football League, correct? Yes. Coming off a loss. Yeah. Um, and you are... <laughs> You're also on a commissioner coop. How are you? I forget to say that. The team's been better, but the league's the league is flourishing. The league is the league is thriving. Yeah. Um. So, so Nico. So in our in our we have a text chain, uh, in our league. First of all, do you feel very uncomfortable in this text chain? Well, I just don't know anyone. Do you uh, have the numbers yet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. So at least I did that part of being a commissioner. So you yeah. aren't you aren't very active in the text chain, right? Which is fine. I uh, respect that. See see what, what I was talking about with, with Nico and stuff. You know, I like when I when I play fantasy football, I, I gotta be careful with what I say because things can flip like that. So, you know, just give it a few weeks before I make any trades, before I start talking trash. You okay. Know, th- that that's the way I like to go and go into it because you gotta feel out the season. Exactly. You got to feel it out. You know, your, your roster's changing all the time and, you know, wins and losses. You know, you put up, see, in the league I'm in with Nico, you know, I put up some big numbers the first two weeks, but my opponent just w- went crazy and, and I had no chance to win. So it's like, it, it's tough to, you know, start talking early in the season. Okay. It, okay. That on paper, that sounds good. But he says you are a huge trash talker from the get go. So that, <sighs> so. I feel like, and this is what I said on the podcast, I feel like you're sheepish in our league because you have a bunch of former major league players, sort of like, you know, and of course the, the presence of, of, of Coop and Courtney and myself. Like, do you feel like you're sort of a little more quiet in our league because of that dynamic? I would say, yeah, you know, I got I to gotta earn my stripes, you know, I got to right. earn it. I mean, Bryce Harper went right at Pap. 
I mean, that <laughs> yeah, seven year anniversary that today. <laughs> I saw that it was what seven years ago or something today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's, I listen, there's, you're not, I can guarantee you're not in another fancy football league. Has never have been in another fancy football league ever of a guy who choked out Bryce Harper. I, oh, I, no, never. <laughs> I promise. Uh, so, it, it, so you have, but you do, you are familiar with the names in this league, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Other guys. Of okay. Of um, what, what is your biggest takeaway from the league? Is it, is it Courtney's trash talk? Um, yeah, it's just, it's just how, how, funny and, and open everyone is uh trash talking and and saying all that funny stuff and it, it's pretty it's pretty cool you know all the all the big names in there and and how you know they're just that being themselves and it, it's, it's pretty cool to to see we're bringing we're bringing generations together alex have That's you thought of fantasy. reaching out to any of those guys on the side as far as maybe not the fantasy football side but maybe the baseball side uh you know i really haven't but you know that'd be a, you know a good idea something something I could, you know, possibly do. I could make that happen. Guys, we, yeah, Coop, those guys got a Commissioner lot Coop, why don't you make that happen? That's, well, that's no one wants me to be the the ambassador there. I mean, you got to, you are a big leaguer. Well, so, You're still a minor leaguer, but you have the tag of being a professional baseball player. You share yeah. more with them than than I do. You have that confidence. Well, Reach okay, out to you so, like Dan Ugler or something. So, so okay, let's, let's, let's try this out. Let's test it. I'm Nick Punto of the, of the Nick Punto trade former major leaguer. By the way, Nick Punto, of all the guys in our league, had played in more major league games than anybody. Uh-huh. What would you ask him? I mean, the the how he, for me this year, was the day-to-day grind of coming in every day for, you know, the 140-some games. Um, and when you're going through struggles and when you're, you're getting told, you know, all these different things, what do you what what did you do when you had to come in you know six six days a week you're going through some struggles uh you know how would you approach approach all that and just like the mental and physical grind of a you know 140 game season for us and for them you know could be pushing 100 you know 70 in some seasons that's a good question is is that a because i would imagine this was the first year that I'm not going to say you struggled because you didn't struggle. You 200 hitter. And is it tough to go from maybe being like the best kid on your team, best player on your team from when you were a young guy to now, you know, having to really fight with guys that are, you know, best of the best. Yeah. I mean, for me, the the biggest thing for me this year was just the long season, my first full professional season. And then, making a, a swing adjustment halfway through the year, which really, you know, kind of made my numbers look really bad for right now. But, you know, I made the swing adjustment of something with our hitting coordinators that we talked about um, right, right, pretty much right when I got to Portland, um, they wanted to, you know, push my hands a little farther away from my body with the start, kind of change my load and my setup. Um, and it, for a while I felt like I was batting right-handed you know, opposite handed. Cause it's just like, you know, before I was really close to my body and then now, you know, push my hands away. Uh, it took a, a lot to get used to. And, you know, that's like that question I was asking, I, was, I would ask would be like, you know, I just, I just played six, 60 games batting pretty well with my hands where they are. And I make the adjustment and I'm coming in every day and I'm struggling, you know, I can't figure this thing out. And, you know, I'm, I know that I'm going to be playing, 60 more games you know battling through this um 
the mental and physical part. But, you know, once I got that, that, you know, feeling down with my hands, I, I felt really comfortable, but that, that, that swing adjustment really like made my numbers look. Why did it do that? Uh, it's, it's more for the long run. Uh, with my hands being close to my body, I was, you know, more in and out of the zone. Uh, you know, didn't have that extension through the ball. Um, you know, I kind of had to be perfect with my timing. And for me to get my load off, I would have to, you know, turn my shoulders and really coil into it. And then to get out of that, I would have to open up my shoulders. And it's just a lot of moving parts that I didn't want. And when my hands are farther away from my body, my hands are looser and freer and less tight where I can move my hands and get my load while keeping my shoulders square. And then that allows me to, you know, get to the ball the right way and then stay through the ball. And, you know, looking at the numbers, I hit more fly balls after that, um, you know, l way less ground balls. Um, and once I started figuring out, you know, it really started clicking and, and feel comfortable. Once I felt like I was batting lefty again. Were, were they pretty accepting of that? I yeah, mean, this, yeah. I mean, this is another thing, right, is that while you're going through it and, and you're not necessarily translating to hits, but the, but at the same time, you're like, you probably like, hey, listen, you guys are the ones that wanted me to make this adjustment. Give me yeah. some patience. With, I mean, were they pretty accepting? Of yeah, they're, they're awesome through the process, everyone. Um, you know, just re, reiterating me, like, you know, it's the process. You got to trust the process now. You know, you're 22 years old. You're in, you're in double A. You're making this adjustment not to dominate double A. You're going to make this adjustment, struggle now for the next few years. Hopefully when you get to Boston, this is all going to click, you know, and that, that's what they just kept telling me. Trust the process, you know, just come in every day, stick to the process, not be result orientated, just, just process, just keep going. And, uh, you know, that, that it really started to click towards the end of the season. That's wild. I yeah. mean, the, the whole thing about, when you go in, you know, you have a portion of the being a professional baseball player last year, but now you have a whole season. Yeah. And between, um, I don't know, like the like having to eat at Zaxby's every night or every, I forget, morning, yeah. afternoon. Yeah. Night. Well, I forget. Is it Zaxby's in the afternoon and Waffle House at night? Yeah, that's what work? it was. That's what it was for a while when we were in like Hickory, North Carolina mm -hmm. and, and Asheville. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. I mean, that, going through those adjustments, the day-to-day, the -day, having to show up at the park every single day, like all of that. I mean, this could have had been, and I'm glad that you're on with this, and I appreciate all your, your corresponding throughout the season, but it had to have been a wilder ride than you've ever thought, right? Yeah, I mean, but it, it was fun. You know, it, it, at some points it was tough, you know, having to do all that stuff and, and, uh, and whatnot, and, you know, playing every day, grinding every day. Like you said the Zaxby's and Waffle House, you know, on, on some weeks, which was very good. But uh, yeah, but I wouldn't, <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. You know, it's just something that I dreamed about as a kid of, you know, reaching that end goal in, in the big leagues in Boston. But uh, you know, the process that gets that, you know, will get me there one day. I think is going to be very rewarding at 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 the end. Um, all, all this stuff that you know, mentally, physically, you got to go through from you know, first day of spring training, really, all the way until, you know, the Saturday when I got back home when the season ended. Can you give me a good minor league story? Like, I know that you did the TikTok and like the whole like Bull Durham where you, you turn the water sprinklers on 
It, I don't know. I mean, is there uh, any is there any good like you know be, because well, like summer camp shenanigans? I, Ooh, I mean, for me, <laughs> for me, when I was in Greenville, every day playing with uh, Gilberto Jimenez, that kid is something special. Just his personality. He he doesn't speak English very well, but you know, if you talk slow enough, he'll he'll understand. And and uh, he he's just the energy he brings every single day it's incredible we got like a 100 day streak on snapchat he's back in the dr i'm snapchatting him every day and i you know I'll, I'll go to the english translation on google and i'll type something in and i'll copy and paste it to him we'll have a conversation i'll just keep copying and pasting so i know what he's saying and it's it's just the the energy he brings and the, he's always dancing and you know he's always got his shirt off doing some twerking dance in the locker room i mean who isn't <laughs> it, it, it was it's just like all, all the things he would do on a daily basis uh i think that, that that that's the best stories and memories that i'm gonna have from this season is just playing with with him and and whatnot i mean another another thing is just sitting on raffaella just being able to play with him for 140 games this year was incredible just watching him do whatever do whatever he's doing Sometimes I don't even know what he's doing, and it's just like, man. Wow. You, that's another thing you were ahead of the curve on, the Sedan Raffaella hype train. Yeah, I mean, you were you were you were the first person. Remember that, Coop? I mean, I mean, we, we've the got, we've director got a, didn't even know how to say his name. Not just the minor leaguer. We got an MLB scout. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, so it's you know, and, and you know, I, I'm happy. He seems like a really nice kid, man. Like we we saw him out in Los Angeles at the Futures game. Yeah. I saw him in Portland. Just saw him yesterday. Just like all smiles and and everything else. And I, and and some of the stuff Alex said people were saying when I went up to Portland about him. Like besides you, like holy mackerel. Yeah. I mean, it's like when I got up to Portland and he was making all these catches. I'm like, I mean, you missed what he did in, in Greenville. I mean, that, that's nothing. You know, that's that ranks maybe number seven in his catches this year. And they're like, no, there's no way. That's the best catch I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, well, that might be his seventh best catch this year. <laughs> and uh, and it's awesome. He's a great kid. You know, his you know personality, the way he went about himself, never changed from when I met him in spring training all the way until the end of the season. You know, he never changed who he was. And a big thing with him is, you know, he speaks English and Spanish very well, and so he can he can you know communicate and you know be friends with everyone on the team. And I think that that that's a big, you know, aspect where uh, with him, you know, he he's friends with everyone and and with him being able to speak English and Spanish so well, he just he's, he's a huge locker room guy can connect with everyone and, you know, watching him grow throughout the season and stay who he was. And that that nice person that I met in February, it's the same same guy he was in September. And it was very cool to see. Well, speaking of spring training, this this is this before we get into the meat and potatoes of the rules. Um, your guy, Nico, Nico Cavadas, you roomed with him in spring training, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. What was that? Like at a hotel? Is yeah. Fort Myers hotel. Yeah, okay. Fort Myers. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. That's right. Right next to where I was. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to set the scene. So, and I remember when we had the initial, uh, the, the challenges of the race, it started with Whitlock versus Hauk. They are not racing anybody anytime soon, which one has a one just got surgery on his back and the other got surgery on his hip. So yeah. I don't know if this is this is an omen for our races, but I don't know. But the next one was you challenging Marcelo Meyer, right? 
And there was, and part of that was the, I think it was Tyler McDonough who said this, how like in, in the hotel room, there was this big to do. Everyone's like, and as Nico said to us, say, you know, there was side bets. There was everything else. First off, what Nico said was that you were breaking out like vid- a video of you as a 14 year old. Um, I, I was 17. I was 17. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> 17. <laughs> so there, it is true though, that you were, you were defaulting to the video evidence. of you running. I have evidence. Marcelo couldn't pull up a single thing, a <laughs> single thing. He couldn't pull up a single thing with any sprint time ever. And I'm pulling up just numbers upon numbers upon numbers. And I could see in his face, he was getting a little, a little nervous. Do you think that made him go back and be like, I need to have some, I need to have some ammo ready to go going forward. Yeah. I mean, he didn't have anything and he he won't have anything because I already did all my research on him. He's got nothing out there. Oh, so, so as we sit here, as we sit here months later, you are digging in and you are saying this still is a reality that you would beat him in a race. Yeah. And I'm lighter. I, I weigh less pounds now. So that means I'm more Ooh. dynamic. Inside Ooh. scoop there. Yeah. yeah. What, what, how much did you drop? Oh, I, I probably dropped like over 20 pounds throughout this whole season. Well, of this... course. I mean, everyone knows that Zaxby's and Waffle House is a, <laughs> it's a gateway to, to weight loss. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how I it's, – it's every year for me uh, – I mean, a lot of guys are the same way when, when you, you, you go through the whole off season and you're taking, you know, a lot of protein shakes, a lot of creatine. It's easy to keep that weight on and, you know, gain weight. And then once you get into the season, especially, you know, first full year of pro ball, I didn't know how the lifts were going to be. And, you know, it's not like you're lifting heavy every day. It's hard to you know, maintain stuff and, and you're burning so much and you're on the field taking BP ground balls, playing a nine inning game, you know, six days a week, burning a lot of calories. It's hard to keep weight. But, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I lost a few pounds. I think that's going to help me if, whenever we race. But Well, I mean, come on. Let's make this happen. Let's, let's go. What, what are we doing? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't even know where Mar- – what's Marcelo doing in the offseason? I mean, he's just... probably on the beach in San Diego. It's yeah. Like, he probably talks on. about how this San is, Diego. This is blue that's not co- blue collar. This is we blue got, collar. We got a blue collar race. This is, you know, are rep- 45 you are rep- degrees outside, and, you know, I'll go do some sprint works on the, fo- the high school football field if I have to. Well, I mean, what really what you're doing is you're literally chasing deer, yeah, and then per- perhaps shooting them. I don't know, but yeah. but but you're you're this is blue collar versus the the surfer boys of the world. You are representing yeah. the entire demographic, yeah. So in this race, yeah. was was any of that? I'm not sure what part of Florida or where how close he might have been to Tampa. But this past week, was there any was there any talk going on between Green Bay and uh, Tampa between you two? Uh, no, no. no. Not much. Would you um, would you chalk him up as being a Tampa fan just because I I would who? hold that over him, Marcelo? He's yeah. in San Diego. San, oh, San Diego. Diego. I was thinking Florida for What's some wrong? reason. No, he's from San Diego. I think East Coast. No, I I don't think he's a big football guy, Marcelo. I don't think he's just pure baseball. By the way, did you did you catch our Ricky Williams podcast? I don't I don't think. Oh, so. you didn't because we asked him. Courtney asked him about. Uh, Ask him about um, his thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and the ayahuasca. No, I didn't. I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll send it to you. We'll send yeah. it to you. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was some good Aaron Rodgers talk. I know you would appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. That that whole that whole thing's a little 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 uh, crazy. You know, as I, long I, as he gets, he wins though. I, yeah. Yeah, I've been watching podcasts and whatever makes him happy, man. Just, just if he's happy, I'm happy. So. That's all you do. You feel guilty at all rooting for someone that uh that spies? I mean that that end of the game post game. I'm not sure what's going on. Yeah, what there, happened? Just with using that? resources. That's uh, some war crimes right there. Espionage. I got, 
he, I guess it's going to come out more on the Pat McAfee show today when he goes on it. But uh, I guess something with the Jumbotron, he saw the formation they're in and he passed it to the defensive coach and they made, you know, some type of an adjustment, an audible mid play. And that helped him with that two point conversion. I mean, who hasn't done that at Hadlock Field? I mean, come on, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Uh, how do you like living in Maine? I, I liked it. Uh, it was well, it's like Green Bay. Yeah, it, it's very similar to Wisconsin. Uh, so, you know, I've kind of felt at home. Uh, for me, like Portland's a cool city. Uh, it is a cool it's city. Old, it's a little older, uh, but it's super cool. Um, just all the history there and whatnot, with the ocean being right there. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's a, it's a neat city. Yeah, the fans, no. the fans are awesome too, man. They know their baseball. Yeah, they got good yeah. fans there. Yeah, and they have the best ice cream sandwiches in the league. Uh, the dog biscuits. Yeah. Uh, speaking, speaking real quick, the the Field of Dreams thing that you guys did. Yeah. Like walk walk me through that because that was a big fan oriented thing, and I know that up at Portland Headlock Field they they do a lot of fan oriented stuff. That's the beauty of minor league baseball. So yeah. how it is, it is the beauty of minor it is. It was cool. Uh, those jerseys weren't the most comfortable, and we decided to wear them, you know, on a day on a day game where it was like ninety degrees, and they're like super thick and hundred percent wool. Yeah, but they look cool, so that's all right. But you know, walking <laughs> look through, good, walking, feel good. Yeah, walking through the corn, it, it was it was cool with the with the music playing and the the fans, you know, cheering us on, and then us being able to go into the stands and you know give some fist bumps and high fives to the fans, thanking them. Uh, it, it was a cool experience. Yeah, it was really cool. A lot, a lot went behind it. You know, our schedule changed because we had to be ready and, you know, in the outfield way before, you know, we would normally be ready for the game. So, you know, our, our whole schedule changed. And I know the staff, you know, setting up the field, I think they're at like 530 that morning, uh, just just going, uh, putting all that stuff up and getting it ready. And it turned out, to, you know, everything went smooth and perfect. It was really, really cool setting. You know, whenever there's corn and wool involved, you know it's a good time. Yeah. Right? Oh, I mean, you can't go wrong with corn and wool. Yeah. This, this is a credo that I live by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, all right, here we go. Minor league. I don't know if you know this. The the major league baseball is basically taking the minor league rules, sort of, almost, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm going to ask you if it's okay if you don't listen to the podcast. It's okay. You're a busy person. But we had Matt Strom on the podcast, and he was very pointed. He was very upset about the rule change. Matt Strom of the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was more, honestly, it was more of um, not really listening to the players. Because, Alex, you know, like they it, they didn't get a consensus for, for the players. And then we had on uh, Zach Kelly. And he was also like on, the, in, as he said, in the Strom camp. And the one thing that he brought up, and every time we talk to someone who, like, we get a different perspective on it. It's not yeah. just like one thing. It was it's always like, one sticking point. For right. Each it's like something, person. something yeah, that yeah. like we did, you don't really think of um, the, initially. So with Zach Kelly, his thing, and Coop, correct me if I'm wrong, 
that it was like, okay, it's all well and good in the minor leagues when you get to the seventh to ninth inning and you're telling everyone to hurry up. But in the major leagues, it's like, wait a second, this means a lot. You know, yeah. this is this this means a lot. And now it's you're, their, you're it's saying their, it's their career. You know? It's the career. And, you know, you have 20 million dollar a year guys. And and as Nico said yesterday, he's like, I, um, you know, I was a guy who every single pitch stepped out, adjusted my batter's glove. And he said and he said what you kind of insinuated before, which is this is absolutely more about the hitters than the pitchers yeah it's it's both i mean everyone's talking about you know the pitch clock pitchers but hitters it's the same way um for me i i liked it this year the games went pretty quick uh i didn't like it in the beginning i wasn't a fan of it there's a lot of rushing a lot of you know once not you know i step out of the box and umpires you know counting down you know finalis you got you know 10 9 look up look up and i'm like all right, really? Yeah. Do they do the umpires? Most of them do that. Verbalize if, if it. It starts coming down to it. Uh, the, the umpire will be like, "All right, you got like one second. Like, look up, because you got to be looking up by nine seconds. So you sometimes you'd be like, "All right, look up, look up, look up." And uh, so some umpires will say that, but and it's just like once he says that and you're looking up and you're all rushed and you got through your routine. You know, baseball guys are you know huge with their routine. It's just like you, you're you're in your head and it, it's not good, but. If, if there's got to be a way where, you know, some guys can sit down with, with, you know, whoever's implementing these rules, just talk about pros, cons, what the players like, what players didn't like. Um, I think, you know, it could work if you extend it a little bit. Maybe instead of 16 seconds, you get, you know, like 19, 20, and the batter looking up at a certain time, like make it longer. But for me, the pitch clock, it, it worked. The games went by really quick. Um, you know, there wasn't really much, you know, stepping off the mound, rubbing up the ball, looking around, all that stuff. You know, you get the ball, take a breath and go. But, you know, in the major leagues, I don't know. But it worked. Work. So it worked in terms of like keeping the game going. Yes. Um, but, but it's going to, you know, make a lot of guys frustrated. And if, if the pace of play is really, you know, that big of a deal for uh, Major League Baseball, there's got to be – if they're going to do the pitch clock, I think it's got to be a little longer. I think there's got to be, you know, more time in between than, you know, for us, it was a batter. It's got five seconds once the clock starts. Right, it's 14 and nine, right? Yeah. And then yeah. the pitcher's got uh, like 16 or 18 seconds when a runner's on base and 14 when the base. Yeah. Starts. So I think in the major league, it's going to be 15 and 20 for the pitchers and for the hitters going to be eight. So in yeah. other words, you got I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're making it a little longer, which is good. But well, I mean, like it's it's, it's literally still, a second. It's, it's, it's a second. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I mean, it's it, it's it's gonna and then, be. And then and then it comes down to the point where, what umpires are really gonna enforce it? Mm -hmm. Because there's sometimes where as soon as that nine hits and you're not looking, strike. But then there's sometimes where you know they'll let it get to eight, and you know they'll be like looking around, and it's like, come on, I've seen a guy you know get a strike call, and it's not fair. So. It's either they really got to be on top of it, or you know, it's got to be the same. Do, and, do the, go ahead. And uh, with the pitch clock, so if you step off with runners on base, it resets, right? So with nobody on, and you're not getting that sign you want, and you step off. Well, sometimes the clock operator will turn the clock off 
with like two seconds left because they think, oh, he stepped off, let's reset it, but they forget nobody's on base. The umpires can't call a ball because the clock was turned off by the scoreboard operator. So a lot of it has to do with, you know, the scoreboard operators really locking in, which I think at the major league level they will. But at our level, almost every time a, uh, no runners were on base, that pitcher got a free step off because the clock shut off because they, you know, once they see someone right. step off, they turn it is, off. And umpires, and umpires like, there's nothing we can do. Is that a team official thing or is that MILB? Because I know MILB, like resources are scarce. So I can't imagine that they're sending out a representative to manage these clocks. Like all, Yeah, I think teams. it's just a team thing. Did um, you notice any teams maybe doing ours, that? Ours were the quickest. Really? Ours were the quickest. It was, it was incredible. I felt like I couldn't take a breath at, at in uh, Portland. But like a lot of the times you, you'll see it where it speeds up when our pitchers are on the mound, that clock is ticking fast. But when they, you know, home teams on the mound, they'll, you know, wait. Really? The pitcher, oh, pitcher, I like pitcher, it. Pitchers on the mound, it's getting their sign and the clock's still not even started. And it's just like, but at our place, no, they are on it. That's so interesting. Much, so, so when you talked about the umpires, are they looking literally saying you, once you pick your head up, like, that's their that's their sort of cue right yeah okay and, and right. another thing is like walk-up songs i mean they 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 couldn't play them that long this year because you got to sprint to the plate to get up there and do your routine and get in the box you know you're getting you know three seconds of a walk-up song because you're what's your walk-up song i got uh can't believe it by t-pain uh put you in a mansion somewhere in wisconsin okay Ooh. Yeah. that's a that's a solid pull right there yeah yeah, Rob, you familiar one. with the one. the one T Pain? I feel like did we play that on the radio? No, I have no. When idea. you appear, I don't know. Yeah, no. Are you, are you kidding me? Are you kidding? Of course I am. That was my walk up song too, Coop. Yeah, back in the day. Back in but the day. But you you know, team. speaking of walk up songs, Alex, is that the first thing that Major League Baseball did? And this is so bizarre. Was and maybe I told you this before, but. It was it was limiting the walk up music to fifteen seconds. That was the first thing they did. This was a few years ago. Yeah, but it was like I remember Shane Victorino had Three Little Birds, and it was like you know that was his thing, right? Yeah. And and we we all ran down and said, hey, they're cutting this off. He gets so mad, but it, it meant nothing. But this is different. This isn't like you just don't have time for it. No, you don't. It's you got so once the ball is caught at first base or caught the fly balls caught right when it hits the glove clock ticks down from 30. So the pitcher's got 30 seconds to get the ball, get the signs and make the pitch. But we forgot what is it, 30 minus whatever to get the nine seconds to get to the plate, you know, right around 20 seconds. So once the out is made, you have 21 seconds, 21 seconds. Yeah. To get to the, the plate to be set, to be set, to for be the set. Pitch. So, you know, by the time, you know, my routine is, I, you know, I stretch my hamstrings, do a little twist with my core, get my T-spine, and then I walk to the plate. Well, then, so now I got, you know, like 16, 15 seconds to get to the plate. You know, clear the box, what I like to do, dig in, tap the plate. It's getting close to nine. And at the beginning of the year, I'm like rushing. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like peeking at the clock and get the wheels turning. You can't be, you can't do that when you're in the box. You know, you got to be relaxed and, and clear mind. How many do you think that'll did... be a big? Oh, I was just gonna say. Do you think that'll be a big routine for guys this offseason trying to to figure out that that routine for themselves? Something. 
come the season. Yeah, I think I don't know if it's it'll be an off season thing, but definitely spring training that is going to be huge. You'll see a lot of a lot of guys, you know, getting frustrated in spring training for sure. Right when they start doing that stuff. How many strikes did you get called on you? Zero. No, because I who got once that you know I was always on top of it, but I mean for me I've got the pitcher. I think I got like two free balls this year. So, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't anything crazy, but. Who got the most? Who got, who got, who got busted? Who got hitter got busted the most? Uh, there, there wasn't much. We, we were pretty good. We were pretty good. Um, there isn't really a hitter off the top of my head that. Okay. That, that much. Did you see anyone get really, really pissed? Well, yeah, because guys on the other team would get strike three called on them. Mm-hmm. They weren't looking up. And they, so that happened. Yeah, and I've seen it. You know, two guys got tossed this year against us when they got strike three call on them. Uh, well, be a well, solid feeling guy. though. Just well, to know, it's like, it's, hey, we well, just took out two of their guys based on uh, just like something that wasn't even in our own control. Here's, yeah. And here's the other thing, which is we are this this first year might be different, but every time MLB has done something like any rule changes, they start off strong and then it drifts away every single time. Like yeah. Alex. There's a rule, I don't even know if it's a minor league rule, but there's a rule in major leagues that you aren't allowed, you aren't supposed to take out both feet out of the buyer's box after a pitch, right? You have to keep one foot in. This yeah. is the rule, Coop, I don't know if you remember Ortiz flipped out about, right? When we mentioned this in spring training, he flipped out, what are you talking about, everything. So this is a rule that, so that would have been 16. So it's been in effect for six seasons at least. Yeah. And it's a rule is still there. And it's never enforced. No. Ever. No. Is it the you same know, thing? So last year when when I, you know, played that 30 games in low A right after I got drafted, that it was just, it was a rule. So, you know, some umpires would be like, hey, keep that foot in the box. And then some guys wouldn't care. But uh, you know, that's that same consistency that I was talking about earlier. No consistency there. But this year they nobody cares because you got five seconds. If you wanna, you know, run to the dugout, get a drink of water and run back in five seconds, that's fine. But you got five seconds to do whatever you got to do. So there, that that rule, I don't know but, if they but, took it out, but no, it, but it's a no good point. It's going to be an obsolete rule, whatever you want. Right, it's going to be an obsolete rule anyway. And and even like with the sticky stuff, you know, you look at the, the first. The, remember Max Scherzer going through the hair, you know, right yeah. right out of the gate. And by the time we now get to the now play, it's if anyone had sticky stuff, at least in Double A. They're getting away with it. They oh. weren't checking anything. They're just, the, they don't the like meme. this. They're just, and they go like this. All right, you're good. Yeah, it's a security guard meme. Yeah, it's, I was just about to say that. You'd always see guys like, you know, touching weird places. And it's just like, it, it's they're, they're doing it obviously. And like, yeah. you could see some guys, you know, going like this, grabbing their Sure. Rib. It's, have you noticed uh, amongst umpires, like, is it the old guard or the new guard that are more? Well, they're all the they're all young in the minor league. Yeah, yeah, they're all they're all younger guys that that umpire our games. But you know, th- the reputations go around. It's like, all right, this guy's pretty strict with this. You know, you, you're not getting away with this with this guy. Uh, you know, because you get you get the same guys. You know, at least once a month, the same the same crew. So you get to know them on a personal level, especially with me being a corner infielder. I can you know talk to the the third base or first base umpire, you know, pretty much all game and, you know, get to know some of these guys, but yeah, it, it, there's definitely some more stricter umpires and for us, they're all young. So there is, a, it is going to be fascinating, man. Like, so you in terms of the pitch clock, we'll get to the other stuff in a second. The pitch clock. What do you think? Do you think that 
what's your initial sort of thing with Major League Baseball? Like, what is your gut reaction that this is going to be a, a good thing, a bad thing, an uncomfortable it's, thing? It's yeah, it's 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 going to be an uncomfortable thing. Guys are going to get really frustrated, and they're it's I don't know. It's just a lot of guys are routine based, and it, and for us, this is a good this is a good example. So we you know we had you know big league rehabbers coming through. You know we had Chris Sale. Um, Danish. Um, you had Nate at one point, didn't you? It was like briefly. It was like for yeah, a... yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we had a couple other guys, I think. And when they would, and we had Rich Hill. Uh, you know, all these guys were coming through. But he works quick. Yeah, and still, even when these guys were on the mound, we had Barnes, uh, another guy. But when they came in. That pace of the play went way down because the clock wouldn't put, do anything for those guys. The clock was turned off. And oh, was it really? Yeah. Tyler Glass now was talking about that last week, and he was he was saying that he kind of wished that they had turned it on for him just so he could experience it. Yeah. So with the big league rehabbers, there was no pitch clock, and so when they come in, it's like, oh my god, like this is this it's it's a it's noticeable difference when these guys would come in. Versus the pitch clock with the other guys, noticeable well, difference. Well, the other Matt, part Matt about... Barnes was the worst. Matt oh. Barnes was the slowest <laughs> worker. And... It must. It also must seem like as slow as he is anyway. It must seem like twice as slow can, because you're comparing it to what you're used to, right? Yeah, yeah. I I had an off day on one of the days he was pitching, and our head our our manager uh, came up to me because I was standing right by him. He goes. Watch this pace of play go down right here. And he's just working so slow. He's carving everyone up, throwing strikes, just carving guys up. But, you know, one, two, three innings. But it feels like they're forever just based off of the pitch clock that we had with the inning before with, with our guys. And then when he came in and uh, just his routine and, and the way he steps off the mound, you know, every pitch has a purpose. And, like, I, I love watching the big – that was the big thing I learned when, when guys came rolling through big league. You know, Trevor Story was here when I was here, Kike, Ref Snyder. Um, a couple other guys and just how everything they did was with intent. They're so locked in on every single swing, every single ground ball, fly ball, whatever they're doing, they're on deck routine. You know, I just like watching, I was, I became a stalker. I watched their every move and it is everything they did was with intent. And it was very cool to see that. And with that pitch clock and the hitters clock, something, something's got, it's, they got to speed it up or do something different. And I think that's, that's where you're going to get guys very upset. Did they pick Changing any of something. your brains at all about that? No, they didn't really talk much about the, the different rules and whatnot, but they're very open with us uh, asking questions. They're in our, our hitters meetings when we we're doing scouting report, they were, they, they led the meeting, you know, Kike and ref Snyder on there, there, they led our meeting for the four games that they're there. You know, they went over the pitcher, went over some bullpen guys, you know, talk about what they're going to do, what, you know, what's, what it's like in Boston, what their scouting reports, what the, their guys like to do, what their hitting coach likes to do up there. And it, it's cool learning and talking with these guys and, and, you know, going up to the cage and, and just picking their brain and, you know, they're learning from us too. Uh, you know, it, it's same thing, you know, they're asking us questions, we're asking them questions. And it, it was just a really cool experience how, how cool these guys are. And, you know, you, you watch them on TV and you're like, oh, these guys, you know, there's no way that they'll help out a, you know, 20 year old, you know, mm. in the minors, you know, they're, you know, they're making millions of dollars. No, you, you wouldn't know. 
you, you would have you know, no idea if you, if you, you walked said, in, had no idea who these guys were. You're like, man, these guys are awesome. You said that's Kiki Hernandez. He wears his baseballs and boring T-shirt just like I do. Yeah. He yeah. wore it every single day in spring training. Yeah. Right? I yeah. mean, come on. Let's go. No, yeah. He, he, he was my favorite when he came through. He was, he was cool. What was the thing I, I have to ask, like, in the sort of when he's saying that we do this and that way, this way, that way in Boston, what was the thing you were like, ooh, I didn't know that? Uh, I mean, it was very similar. It was very similar to what we were doing. Um, for me, it's just they got a lot more numbers and a lot more things to work with. So it's like, oh, man, I didn't even know there was a number for that, you know. And, and you know, he was explaining that. And, and he's very well educated on, you know, what we have is a lot of vertical movement, horizontal movement, the spin rate, release, height, release, um, you know, point with all that stuff. And uh, he was very well educated on that. And I think that's, that's a big thing. You know, you get all these numbers thrown at you, you got to be educated on it. And, and he, he knew it very well and explained it to, to guys that, you know, didn't really know it that well. And I just think the, the amount of numbers that they got up there was like, all right, that, that's pretty cool. All right. Well, the next thing is uh, something that should impact numbers, shifts. Yeah. I mean, for me as a lefty power hitter, I, I love it. And for this, you know, coming into this year, I'm like, oh, man, you know, I'm going to get a lot more, you know, cheap hits through that, you know, four hole or, you know, up the middle. It really wasn't that huge of a difference, to be honest with you. Um, you know, obviously it helped on some balls. I'm like, all right, yeah, you know, I wouldn't have got that without without the no shift rule. But it wasn't some crazy, crazy thing. And that, that was with everyone, too. And, you know, other other big pull lefties that normally get shifted. And, you know, you got three right fielders and whatever. But uh, I feel like it's the balls – I think I feel like it's the balls like the like you're taught as a kid hit the line drive up the middle right yeah and those were always taken away by like Jackie always. Bradley poor guy yep. man like he he his he I would see him hit so many balls up the middle and just guy sitting right there yeah I think that that's the hit that's gonna get through more rather than that four hole but uh it wasn't that big of a difference but it definitely helps uh, not having that many guys over there. Did you see any teams do anything like we? There've been a lot of sort of odd oh, teams are going to find a way to, to like put a guy in motion, you know, or something. Yeah. Did, did teams do any of that? No. 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 There really, there really isn't a way to get around it because you got to be both feet in the dirt and two people on each side of second base. How about bringing infield uh, outfielders in? What they do? That happened this year. I think you can you can bring an outfielder in. Yeah, as long as you're not in the dirt, that. right? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no no rule about that if outfielder comes in because that, that yeah. I mean, it's all stuff. There's a lot of the. It is going to be fascinating. By the way, are you playing for uh, Greece in the WBC? <laughs> no, no. Do, do they have a team? No, I, oh, I I think they do, but I, wait. No. How are you not playing for them? What what? I mean, they got to qualify first, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I haven't really looked into that too much. Yeah, well, uh, Kavada said that he's going to. No, is he? Is oh, he I Greek? Don't I don't know. Yeah, he is. Greek. Yeah, he is Greek. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Man, when you guys get to Boston, what, a nick, what nicknames we're going to give you guys. <laughs> uh, well, I, okay. Well, Rafaela said that he has been in communication with the Netherlands. Yeah, I mean – for when he told me, you know, he, he's planning on playing winter ball somewhere anyway, but uh, yeah, 
Yeah, playing with cool. I think he's playing with uh, Quaglis in Puerto Rico, which is yeah. Cora's team. Yeah, or yeah. Ramon Vasquez's team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you given that any thought, or is it kind of I I just yeah, want to work on myself and just enjoy the off season? Yeah, for me, it's more of you know I'm gonna I'm gonna get back. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some deer hunting and then clear my mind from the season and then get back to work. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a guy that needs a lot of motivation or people around me to, you know, push me and get out of bed and, and get in the weight room and go hit. Um, so for me, it's, you know, I, I like just doing my, my thing in the off season, working on, on something rather than playing another, you know, 50 games or whatever after a long season like that, I'd rather get in the weight room, get bigger, faster, stronger. Oh, and, uh, and go. I mean, I mean, what is Marcelo like? Is he afraid to appear on the podcast? What's his deal? Like, is he afraid to talk trash? What's happening? I, I have no idea. I think he, on camera, he's 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 shy. He doesn't like to speak out a lot when he's on camera and whatnot. But as soon as those cameras are off and that door shut, right? That, that kid doesn't shut up. He doesn't <laughs> shut up. Well, have, not, have you been talking to him at all that, during the season? I'll Snapchat him a little bit. We we got a group chat uh, with a, with a couple guys from from spring training that we we got along well and marcelo's in there i'll snap him here and there yeah listen i understand he's the whatever rank pro- i don't care about that all i care about is this race that's all <laughs> i care about it's, i could i want to do an entire podcast on the race that's he, all he, I want. he won't say anything on social media nothing but if i were to text him right now and be like you know talk some trash whatever i'm faster than you he'll, he'll light me up and he'll say this most outrageous stuff and that's just who he is. He, he's funny. He's, he's, I feel like, Coop, this is what we have to do, right? So I feel like we have to get everyone together at spring training, right? This is sort of have to be like the Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather press conferences, <laughs> like publicity tour. And it's not only you guys. I feel like we have to get your trash talking is best friends, right? Cavadas and yeah, let's get Nico. Let, let me right. race. Let me race. This will this will be oh, like right. a let, let me race. Fight. Let me race. Well, he, he has first. a preliminary with Joe Davis first. Okay, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> you, 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 so you're saying he can beat Nico? Yeah, maybe backwards. Is, is oh Nico, wow, that's disrespect. Is Nico sneaky fast? He's yeah. I mean, looking at him, you wouldn't think he's that. He 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 moves well. He moves well. You're but, just being nice now. Uh, that's saying, nice. that's saying he's nice. big man fast. No, and, and Nico, let me tell you the story about Nico in spring training. And he wants to talk all this f- fantasy football crap, whatever. So I find out he's my roommate at 2 in the morning when I land and get to this hotel in Fort Myers, right? And I call, all right, Nico, Cavadas, your roommate, room 230, whatever. I get to the room, and he's got the bolt on, so the, the key is just reading red. And I'm like, all right, he's got to be sleeping. So I... Never, I never met him, you know, played against him, Louisville, Notre Dame, but never met him. Don't know who he is. And I am banging on this door, right? Just banging, screaming his name, banging, two in the morning, nothing. What the heck? I go downstairs. I'm like, my roommate's asleep. Can you get like maintenance? Let me into the room and like, whatever. He's like, let me call the room. See, so he called the room. You know how loud those phones ring? Mm-hmm. Nothing. No answer. What the heck? Maintenance comes up. Like does this stuff with the door, opens it. He's got the deadbolt on. And I'm like, dude, he knew I was coming. Like he had to. He's he had, he's gonna have a roommate. And I'm screaming. The door's open now, and I'm screaming. Well, well he had his headphones on. He fell asleep with his headphones on, so he can't hear anything. And so I go down, I'm like, all right, I I need a room. Like I'll pay for a room. Like because the Red Sox <laughs> pay for the spring training rooms. 
I'm like, I'll pay for a room myself. I, I need to get in the bed. It's like three in the morning. And then we got workouts the next morning at like 7 a.m. Like, I just need a bed to sleep in tonight. They're like, we don't have any. Like, we're full. But we think, this is the key word, we think that there's one person in this room that's, you know, with the Red Sox. Just go in there. Here's the key. I open it. Two guys are asleep. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, and this is my first spring training with the guys. I know nobody. And I'm walking in random doors at 3 a.m. because Nico fell asleep with his headphones on. So before he knew, he, before he wants to start talking trash about me, he put he put me through misery. What did you do? Where I did you sleep? Up, I ended up going to two more rooms with two people in it, saying I'm sorry at three in the morning. And then the uh, third one ended up, he was by himself that night. And I walked in. And of course, it was it was a Latin guy that didn't speak any English. So I'm walking in and I'm like trying to explain myself, like what the situation is. Cause I mean, if someone's walking in my room at three in the morning, I'm freaking out and I can't even, I can't communicate with him because he doesn't understand what I'm saying. He doesn't understand what, what, what I don't understand what he's saying. And I, I had my Red Sox bag and I pointed to the Red Sox bag and, and the and, universal and, language. Yeah. And then I fell asleep that night and woke up and, Got it. Got in the room. Wait, well, so when was the, when, when the first when the first train. time that when did, did you see Nico at the field? Yeah, I did, and I let and him know said, like it, what the heck, <laughs> like what are you doing? And that, just that, eyes that, all puffy and red from like zero, zero sleep, sleep. Just like what the hell, zero man? sleep. And uh, you know he was sorry because I mean we never met each other. I was it was funny. It was it was it was, it was funny that day. Man. This spring training, you got to return the favor. Just get there early, lock mm-hmm. him out. Oh yeah. So, so we're gonna have we're gonna have a podcast. We're gonna have the hype train, uh, Benellas versus Meyer hype train um, race podcast podcast at Twin Peaks. Um, it's a fine establishment. We've oh, done podcasting. Oh, I mean, how can you not best <laughs> best wings, beer, all of it. Um, but uh, we've done podcasts there before. They know us well. Uh, so that's where it's gonna be. It's gonna be like again. It's gonna be like Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather. But we need your we need your trash talking as best teammates there because I can't have a, a quiet Marcelo Meyer just sitting there taking it from you. I can't. It was, no. It was, no. Yeah, I can I can get a group together. I, I know some guys. I know yeah, some guys that are good. Good. I know right. a few dudes. Yeah, and I mean, if they need directions to Twin Peaks, I'm sure I can give them to you. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no, we we were there a lot. We yeah, there. I was I was gonna say. <laughs> Um, all right. Is there anything else we didn't get to? It's good. It's good hearing from you, man. It's good. It's it's good. No, yeah. No, it's good to be back. Uh, good. At, you know, talk about you know, all this, all this stuff coming to, to we're going to, so if it's all right, we'll do one some point in the season. We're going to look Co- commissioner Coop is going to look up a good matchup for you to get on the horn with somebody. Right. I mean, Nick, Maybe Punto, Punto, this week. right. Nick Punto this week. Oh, wait, you have Punto this week. Yeah. I'm not sure. Does he? Does he have Punto? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Nick Punto, week four. Ooh. Oh, what's, all the, right. what's his record? Oh. All of a sudden, it goes from Two and one. to like... Coming off right. of a loss. All right, so that's big. That's a big week for us both. Coming yeah, off a loss. I mean, rebound week. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm 3 Hungry and dogs eat. Uh, yeah, 3-0. 3-0. You don't <laughs> even run your team. You don't I, even run your team. I, so? Neither does, <laughs> neither does John Elway. I you mean, outsource. Like, Neither does no uh, Robert Kraft. There's respect in my O and three. Why? Because I put together my crafting maybe, lineup. Maybe you're week. like maybe you're like Belichick. You're taking too much upon yourself. Cool. Right? That's what you got to do to be great. All right. 
I have the, one of the finest young minds in the business, Nate, GM Nate. Freshman in college. Freshman in college. So, uh, all right. Well, Alex, all right. We'll, we'll, we'll loop back, but we got, we got a lot done today. I appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. It was fun. Go, go hunt some deer. Good seeing you, Alex. Yep. See you guys.